Good morning, church. Happy anniversary to you. 82 years of God doing great things at Fellowship Baptist Church. Most churches are not around for 82 years. Let me tell you that. God is so good to us. Let's stand together as we sing the others who are still finishing up their donut, no doubt, in the cafe. I see Michael Schneider walking through the middle there. He's coming in as well. Praise him, praise him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, he is so good to us. Let's praise him together. Praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing over his wonderful says let everything that hath breath praise the Lord praise the Lord let's pray father oh indeed we praise you we praise Jesus we praise the Holy Spirit you're so good God so good you've blessed us so much 82 years wow what a blessing you've allowed our church 
to go on, and we thank you for it, and you allow us to be here. God, we are so blessed in so many ways. We're blessed to live in a country that we can, where we can freely gather together. We can put a sign out front. Uh, our lives are not in danger because we're going to a church and praising and worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So many places in the world, that's not true. So we thank you that we can be here. We thank you for this service. We thank you for 82 years, all who have had a part in it. We want to honor those who went before us and prepare the way for those who will come after. We love you, God, and we ask you to bless this service. We want to glorify and lift you up in everything we do. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We do welcome you. If you are here for the first time or even the first time in a long time, uh, you are our guest today and we appreciate you being here. God brought you here. You might have come because it's our anniversary and were invited or maybe you just happened in today and uh, had no idea it was the church anniversary. Uh, so if that's the case, we do want you to join us for lunch afterwards. Uh, we'll have a nice lunch downstairs. Uh, but we appreciate everyone being here, and if you're here for the first time, we would love to hear from you. We do have a connection card in the pew in front of you. You may have received a, a welcome packet from our welcome center right outside here. If you got that, the connection card is in there. We ask you to fill that out. Just put today's date, January 7th, 2024. Don't write 2023. It's just I can't believe it's 2024, but it is, and uh, we ask for your prayer request because we want to pray for you. We believe in prayer, and if you'll let us know how to pray for you, we will be praying for you. Uh, prayer is so important. I don't know anybody that doesn't need prayer. So let us know how we can pray for you. If you're watching online, you can go to our website, and on there, just click on, I'm new here. We have an online version that you can use. We want your prayer request, and then if you'll give us your email address, we have a special gift for you. We can only send it by email, and we will get that to you right away. In fact, it should come to you today, uh, but we have to have your email address for that. So if you'd give us that, we'd appreciate it. We will certainly be praying for you, and we're so glad that you're here today. Well, this time we're going to have our video announcements and then a video of our church history. <music> Good morning, church family. We have some very exciting news for you. This year in February, we are doing something new called the Church Retreat. It's in place of the annual Couples Retreat. Every year, the Couples Retreat is so much fun. And we thought, why not offer this to more than just couples? So this year, every adult is invited to the Church Retreat. Let me tell you why it's so special. First, the hotel is spectacular. Secondly, the food there, the chef, is amazing. Everything they put out at their buffet is top-notch and you will not forget it. Next, we always play some amazing group games. This year, we're thinking of doing the amazing race and it's gonna be so fun to go all over the hotel property and maybe a little bit off property, accomplishing tasks and moving your team forward. There's always minute to win it games or things like that. Then there's the hospitality suite where you can hang out till all hours of the night, sharing food, playing games, getting to know each other in a more relaxed setting. It's phenomenal. Then of course, there are gonna be three amazing sessions helping you to grow closer to the Lord and in your walk with him. 
We can't wait to see you at this year's church retreat. All the details are in your Sunday newsletter, and we just hope that you follow that link and find out more. Sign up today. It's amazing what our church can accomplish when we work together as a team. Well, on Saturday, January 20th, we are gonna do a church-wide refresh day. We're gonna get this church looking great. We have jobs for everybody. The time is from 9 to 3 p.m., and we're gonna provide lunch for all that come. There are jobs, little jobs for anyone, bigger jobs, we have jobs for everyone. And many hands make light the work, so we want everyone to come out and help get the church looking beautiful. Our Missionary of the Week and Missionary of the Month is Ron Minton in Ukraine. The Mintons have an ongoing war relief fund and are able to send financial help to people in Ukraine on a regular basis. Please continue to pray for Ukraine and the war with Russia, as well as for the Mintons, and please give as the Lord leads. The History of FBC In 1940, Mr. and Mrs. William Leach had recently moved into the Boulevard Heights area. They noticed a lot of children not attending Sunday school, so they started a Sunday school in their home. The following year, there was an old-fashioned tent revival meeting next to the Boulevard Heights firehouse. A man named Gordon Stewart was saved in that meeting. Knowing that others needed to be saved as he had been, Mr. Stewart opened his home to a handful of people who began meeting on Sundays. It was during this time that our church was organized and given the name Boulevard Heights Baptist Church. Mr. Stewart was one of the 15 charter members of the church. The constitution and bylaws were written and adopted in January 1942 and the church applied for a charter with the state of Maryland on March 1, 1942. At that time, the church was accepted into the Southern Baptist Convention, and the first pastor, Raymond Crawford, was selected the following month. The church has had several different pastors over the years, but three in particular stand out. They all served over 10 years and left a significant mark on the church. Francis Chilton was saved in the church in the latter part of 1943. A few years later, in March of 1947, Mr. Chilton was ordained by the church and voted in as the pastor. He worked a full-time job and served faithfully as the pastor for some 20 years until his health began to fail. It was during this time that the church saw the Lord's blessing and much growth. In 1951, the first sanctuary was built, and in 1959, a new three-story educational building was added. Also during his ministry, his son, Ray, served as music director. Although he served only three years, we want to mention Pastor John R. Littleton because he was instrumental in directing the church to leave the Southern Baptist Convention and become an independent Baptist church. In June 1972, Reverend C. Donald Apperson was called to be the pastor. During his 13 years of ministry, the church moved to its present location in Upper Marlboro, and in June of 1973, the name was changed to Fellowship Baptist Church. 
The old Boulevard Heights Church was sold to the St. Paul Baptist Church, and a new church was built at our new location in Upper Marlboro and completed in March 1975. Pastor Apperson retired in 1985. In the fall of 1992, Pastor Dave Ozarski was called as pastor. Under his 18 years of ministry, two building programs were completed. In 1995, a new building with classrooms, a fellowship hall, and a new church office was completed. Our current auditorium and foyer were dedicated in January of 2006. Additionally, he is the one who initiated the beloved annual couples retreat. In 2005, he welcomed Pastor Chuck Conrad to the staff as associate pastor, a role in which he has served faithfully ever since. In August of 2010, Pastor Dave retired to Michigan, and in March of 2019, Jesus welcomed him home to glory. Pastors Chilton, Apperson, and Ozarski served a combined total of 51 years shepherding the Fellowship Baptist Church family. We are indebted to them and the legacy they left behind. Our current pastor, Bill Schneider, began his ministry here in January of 2011. Since that time, he has established a strong emphasis on missions and significantly increased our missions giving by introducing Faith Promise. He also followed the Lord's leading in opening Fellowship Baptist Academy with Rhonda Hillman as the principal. His emphasis on prayer has been a consistent inspiration to the congregation. With an appreciation of our past, we look forward to a bright future and all that God wants to do through Fellowship Baptist Church. The history that will be recounted in the future is being written by our actions today. May they bring glory to God forevermore. Amen. Well, we like to recognize, we always like to recognize our longtime members, but we're going to do it a little differently this year because we're going to ultimately recognize all of our members. So we're going to start with anybody who joined the church in, I start to say the past year. So in 2023, since this is the first Sunday of 2024, if you joined in 2023, would you please stand up? Wow. Amen. That's a, that's a good number. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. If you have been here more than a year, up to five years, would you please join, stand? All right. That's good. Okay. Six to ten years. Thank you. You may be seated. Some of you are going, I can't remember. I don't know. Let's go to uh, 11 to 15. Oh, I'll stand up. All right. 
I'm in that group as well. 16 to 20. Amen. By the way, you know, you start getting up the, this, that's a long time. That, that's faithfulness. Staying that long. Praise the Lord. Okay, 21 to 25. Amen. Some of them don't even have gray hair. It's great. 26 to 30. Do we have it? Yes? Okay. 27 to 35. Oh, we missed one. <laughs> you stood up twice. <laughs> he didn't want he didn't want any group to be left out. So all right. Did I finish with 35? 30, okay. 31 to 35. Come on, Andrew. <laughs> okay, we did miss one. 36 to 40. So we don't have anybody from 31 to 40. Okay. I'm surprised at that. But all right. I'm going to have you stand up 40 plus. You've been here 40 plus years. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Well, now hang on, hang on. T. Smith, how long? Seventy-three. Okay, so fifty-one years. Amen. Brother Dave, how long? Fifty-eight years, nine months. <laughs> and how old are you? Fifty-eight. <laughs> he, he was born in the baptistry. <laughs> he really has been in this church his whole life. The best family I couldn't say enough about him. Uh, Brother Bob, how long? 70 years and a month. And of course, Brother, and I asked him first because Pat's going to top that. 77 years. <laughs> And I know we also have uh, Brother Joe Dillon, who's shut in now, is, uh, I don't even know how many years. He's uh, whew, probably 70 plus, I, I think. I'm not sure. It goes way back. There's a picture of him as a little boy uh, in one of the earliest church photos. And then John and Kathy O'Neill are both also 50 plus, and uh, John is still recovering from the accident he had last year and can't get out. Um, I, I just want to mention a minute the the best family because I, I love that 70 and 77 years, Dave's been here his whole life. Uh, Daniel is, 
Dave's the oldest son, so they say he's first best. And then is, uh, is Daniel second? Third. So he's third best. <laughs> the, the, the boys tease each other. There's four sons. Uh, but another of their sons, we support. He's over at Appalachian Bible College in full-time ministry. So I, I thank God for their faithfulness. And then it carried on to children. That's what it's all about. I, I thought about um, some time ago that some podcasts I used to listen to. I don't listen to them anymore. I don't even remember why. I think I listened to it during COVID. I don't have as much time now. But uh, the man said, all right, when you go into a church, he was talking about pastors going into a new church, which I've done, new to them, I've got done twice. So, so he had my attention. I was just curious. He said, when you go into a new church, you need to find out who the church father is. I thought, what does that mean? He said, in every church, there's a man that's just been there a long time. He really knows everything that's going on. He, he's kind of sitting back and observing. And you want to know what's really going on at the heart of things? Ask him. And he, this man was advising new pastors, when you go into church, find out who the church father is. And as soon as he said that, I thought, it's Bob Best. He really is. He, he's our church dad. Just, and I, I hate this, this past year, Bob's getting, uh, he's just a little older than I am, and uh, there's, there comes a time when you have to cut back, and he doesn't serve as a deacon anymore, and this past year, he stepped down from the finance committee, and I thought, there's so much wisdom, that, because Bob's not real loud and stuff, he sits back quietly. And so many times over the years in finance committee meetings, he would just listen and say, well, guys, and then he'd just drop a golden nugget on us of wisdom. Just there's so much accumulated over the years. And I, I hated when he stepped down from that. I certainly understand. But you know what? We owe a great debt to these people who have served faithfully for decades. This, and, and the best have been in leadership in this church for many, many of those years. So I thank God for them. I appreciate all of our long-term members, and I appreciate our new members. You notice how many people have joined last year. We're seeing great growth. Thank God for that. A healthy church is a growing church, and I do thank God for that God is still using us and still blessing us after all these years. At this time, the choir is going to sing.
is so good to us, and it is well with our soul when we have our faith and our salvation, most importantly, in Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. We'll continue singing. A mighty fortress is our God. He never fails. He is steadfast. Let's praise him together as we think of him. A mighty fortress is our God, we will carry on this 
us forever. What a great, great truth. For the church and gave himself for it, as scripture says. What a great truth. Thank you for your singing. Please be seated. Me 
Amen. It's beautiful. Well, we're going to take a few minutes to pray. We invite you to the altar at this time if you'd like to come. We've got a number of ongoing requests. A new request, uh, Harry Mosby was taken to the emergency room last night. I have not heard if he was admitted, but it, he was likely going to be. Um, blood pressure is very low which is unusual, need his blood pressure to go up, and uh, Harry's had a lot of health issues lately. We need to keep him in prayer. And also continue to pray for Muriel. She's dealing with COVID, and she's still pretty sick. So uh, she's had it a while, but we know it doesn't always. Uh, sometimes it's gone in a few days, and other times it lingers on. So keep her in prayer. And let's pray. Father God, we love you. We love you because you first loved us. And how good you are. Oh, you're so good. God, we have a number of people to lift up before you. And, and we start with Harry. What a precious man he is. Breaks my heart to think of him laying there in a the hospital. But God, he's in your hands. We ask you to, to do a work in him. Give the doctors wisdom to know what to do, what not to do. God, you are the great physician, and ultimately we ask you to heal him, to deliver him from this. We want him to be uh, back home very soon. We lift up Muriel. She's been dealing with COVID for, for too long now. We pray that it would end quickly, that she would be feeling better very soon. Uh, we thank you for Gary taking care of her. We pray for both of them, God. We want to see them back in here quickly. Bless them, Father. For Dale Williams, as he dealt with the uh, tumor being removed from his liver, God, heal him completely and bless him. Uh, Teresa Conrad continues to heal, and we thank you for it. Rebecca Morgan, we pray for complete healing for her. Give the doctors wisdom. That's been a, a, too long and a very difficult situation. We pray, God, for complete and total healing. For T. Smith as well, thank you that she's able to be with us but still in therapy and a long way to go. Uh, God heal her. John O'Neill, he's with us off and on, and it's been hard. It's almost a year. Bless him, Lord. Heal him. I, I want to see him back here every week. I pray for my wife. She's been up and down recovering. It's been several months now, but it's a long way to go. I trust you for complete and total healing for her as well. We pray for Ken Harriet, recovering with the, from back surgery. Bless him. Heal him. Bring him back here very quickly. Peggy Griffin, dealing with a, a host of problems that, that come with getting older. God bless her and protect her and heal her. We lift up Israel, the whole situation there, the war there. Your word tells us to, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God, we do pray for peace. War is a horrible thing. People are dying. God, use it to bring people to Christ. 
both Jews and Palestinians, bring them to Christ, as well as the other nations that are interfering and, and stirring up problems. God, bring people there to Christ as well. And we think of Ukraine and Russia, and that's gone on for, I believe, almost two years now. Oh, Lord, end that war, but use it. Bring people to Christ in Russia and in Ukraine. And now, Father, as we look to your word, bless us, teach us, use me to, to challenge, to inspire God by your Holy Spirit, convict, direct us what you want us to do. Lead us, God, and help us to be totally submitted to you. I don't want people to hear what I have to say. I want them to hear what you have to say through me. So make that so. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may return to your seats. We're going to go to the book of Philippians. And we're going to look this morning. Uh, this is kind of, uh, uh, you know, the... The president in, I think in January, always gives the State of the Union address. So this is kind of a state of the church, as well as vision for the future, and a sermon. All in one, no extra charge. So we're going to, so I might be a little longer than normal if your stomach start growling and I can hear them, then I guess I better wrap it up. Uh, we do have food being being kept hot downstairs. We have a huge warmer. We can keep everything hot, so it'll be okay. Don't think your food's getting cold. Uh, but let, let's jump in here. I'm going to use Philippians 3. It is the new year. Now, I, I always or almost always, or at least most of the time, preach a, a new year's message. And this year's a little unusual because this is the first Sunday of the year, but last Sunday was New Year's Eve, so you're kind of getting two New Year's messages, if you will. Um, the new year is a new beginning. We all like new beginnings, don't we? Because the truth is, we all need new beginnings. Uh, there's often we just want to start over. And the wonderful thing about being a Christian, first of all, when we get saved, it's a new beginning. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So the Christian life is a new beginning. And then whenever we mess up, and we do, we can go to God. And his word says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As Lydia just sang about, cleanse me, God, clean me. David talked about it in Psalm 51. Give me a clean heart. And so we can go to God and say, God, I blew it. I was wrong. I sinned. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. And God says, it's gone. It's done. It's wiped away. And we get to start with a clean slate. So really, the Christian life is a series of new beginnings. Now, it is good when it's a new year to reflect backwards and to project forward. 
and we're going to do that. So I, I want to look this morning, we're going to take, uh, first of all, the backward look. We're going to look back in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. Paul said, but what things were gain to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, Paul had just told them in the verses before that, hey, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Um, Paul was very well educated. He was the top of his class. He was a Pharisee. He did everything right according to the law. And he had it, he had it all. Well-respected, a, uh, a force religiously, he excelled above his peers, he was looked up to, he would have been well taken care of financially, he had it made. He had a good life laid out ahead of him. Part of the Sanhedrin and just, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, so he couldn't be high priest, but he rose up as high as he could and he was in good shape. And he gave it all up when he got saved. They don't let you stay, uh, wouldn't at that point, stay in his position once he became a Christian. He went from well-respected to outcast, outlaw. He lost everything. He walked away from his job, his source of income, his respect some would have said his dignity. He gave up every earthly thing that he had when he followed Christ. What did he say of it all? He said, I suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung. Dung. This is nothing. It's, it, dung doesn't even mean trash. Dung means number two is the only way to put it politely. He said, that's what I think of all of this, that stuff. The prestige, the money, the lifestyle, all of it. It's nothing. He lost all of his possessions and he even lost himself. Because he said in verse 9, be found in him, that's in Christ, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. He had that before. Everybody thought Paul's righteous. According to the law, Paul's righteous. No, he wasn't. According to man, he was. He said, I, I don't want my own righteousness which comes from the law, I want the faith of Christ. Paul gave up his religion. That's huge. 
You know how many people go to hell because they won't give up their religion? They won't give up their religion. He said, well, you don't have to be Baptist to get saved. No, absolutely, you do not have to be Baptist to get saved. There are many Baptists in hell. I don't like that, but there are. You have to be born again to go to heaven. I don't care how good a Baptist you are. You will not stand before God and say, I was a good Baptist. I got baptized. I was a church member. I sang in the choir. I did this. I did this. I did this. I taught Sunday school. I served here. I did this. I did this. I did this. No, none of that will get you to heaven. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. It doesn't matter whether you're Baptist or Presbyterian or Catholic or Muslim or Jehovah's Witness or whatever. You must be born again. Period. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church. It's not, uh, my mother used to say to me, now, thank God she got saved before she died. But she used to say to me, I, I would try to witness to her, and she'd say, you know, it's like there's, you can catch any bus in the city, and they're all going to a different place. But at the end of the day, they all, go, they all end up at the same place. They all go back to the bus terminal. Anywhere in the city, you catch buses. At the end of the day, they all come back to the bus terminal. All these religions are leaving the same place. They just take different paths to get there. Wrong. Wrong. That's not true. Jesus said there's one way. So you're going to listen to Jesus or my mother. I love my mother. She was wrong. By the way, right in the front of my Bible, right here, I have this taped in. My mother typed this. I don't know when. Thank you, God, for loving me and for sending your son to die for my sins. I repent of my sins and receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And now as your child, I turn my entire life over to you. So I know where she is now. Amen. God's good. She didn't even tell me when she did that. We're going to have a talk when we get to heaven. <laughs> but she wrote that. Listen, you must be born again. Your religion won't get you there. If you're hanging on to your religion, if you're hanging on to, I was baptized. I supposedly was baptized as a baby. They got my forehead yet. I'm wet and I probably cried. Uh, most babies do when you dump water on them. So I, that's not baptism. You, there's a lot of people that have been in that pool that weren't baptized. Huh? If they weren't saved, they were not baptized. They just got wet. If you weren't truly saved, you weren't baptized. You just got wet. Have you been born again? So a whole lot of people that made a profession of faith and later, they, you know, wasn't real. I, I said what they wanted to hear. I was a child. I didn't really know what I was doing, and I just wanted to please people. So I prayed the prayer they told me to, and then they baptized me, and so now I'm saved. No, you're not. You need to be born again. Don't be talked into anything. You need to be born again. It's the only way to heaven. You know, 
the gospel is simple, but Jesus never said it was easy to be saved. Read the Bible. Where did Jesus say, oh, it's easy to be saved? Yeah, yeah, everybody can get in here. No, he said the gate is wide. The, the, the way is wide that leads to destruction. It's a narrow way that leads to life. The narrow way. Jesus said, count the cost. It'll cost you everything you have. You have to give up your life to have the life of Christ. There's too many church members. In fact, uh, too many church members without Christ. Billy Graham said the greatest mission field in the United States sits on the front row of Baptist churches every Sunday. Now, I don't know how many Baptist churches Billy Graham was in because Baptists don't sit in the front row very much. <laughs> but you know what? He's right. He knew it. Baptist, there's a lot of lost Baptists. They're just religious. I spent nine years in Dothan, Alabama, and I'm telling you, it would be socially unacceptable to not be a church member somewhere. You'd ask people, Where, where's your church? What church are you a member of? Everybody was a church member. If you ran for office and you weren't a member of a church, you didn't have a chance. You'd hardly get any votes. It was, and many of the churches were truthfully nothing but social clubs. That's all they were. The gospel wasn't preached. Uh, they bring them in, baptize them, and, and I'm talking Baptist churches. Most of the Baptist churches were social clubs. The majority of members were lost. It's sad. That's the Bible Belt. Uh, it's, that's the way it is. Most people in this country are religious but lost. Paul gave up his religion. He wanted Jesus. The rich young ruler, he was not willing to give up everything. And as far as we know, he's in hell today. He didn't want to give up his life. He wanted to keep it and add Jesus to it. doesn't work that way. Now, we do need to remember where we came from. I know what I was before I was saved. I wouldn't go back to that for anything. Isaiah 51.1 tells us we are to look to the hole from which we are digged. Don't forget what God saved you from. Uh, even if you grew up in, in church, brother, brother Dave here, grew up in this church, still, he was lost and on his way to hell and got saved. You may not have lived a life of uh, what the world would consider sin and debauchery. But you know what? Every person is a sinner until they come to Jesus Christ. We were all born in sin. Don't forget what you came from. Don't forget what God saved you from. Remember what God has done for you. We look back to remember Not the sin, oh yeah, sin was really good back then. No, God, by grace, took me out of that. I look back to 2023. Listen, personally, you know, I would like to forget 2023. If I could erase 2023 from my memory, I'd be fine with that. It was not a good year for me and my wife. A lot of physical problems. Too many. Uh, that aren't resolved yet. But 
You know what I don't want to forget, though? How good God was in all of it. Wow. I've seen the goodness and the grace of God in incredible ways in the past year. Unbelievable. Uh, just over and over and over. He's been good. Look back to remember how good God has been. Now, when we look back at our church, and we had the video, the history of the church, and we're talking in the video about three pastors that have been here over 10 years. I'm now the fourth that passed 10 years. Um, but the three before, pastors Chilton, Apperson, Ozarski, they're gone. They're with the Lord. We so that's okay, you're a pastor now. I think back to when I started 13 years ago. There were nine men on the pulpit committee. And I looked this up, took me a few minutes. I'm like, who were the nine? I got to remember, and I do, I remember all of them. One's with the Lord, Brother Jim McIntyre. He died in uh, 2020. Not from COVID, just uh, gone, just like that. Shock. Four moved away. They moved out of the area, which is, you know, this is a very transient area. People come and go from here all the time. So four moved away. Um, Brother Bob Best was one of them. He's, he's still here and faithful as can be, but he stepped back from leadership. One, sadly, due to immorality, removed. Only two of the nine, Brother Andrew Buckingham and now Pastor Christopher, are serving in leadership positions still in the church. So I ask you, what about you? See, people pass off the scene. We need new people to step up. New people need to step up and fill the gaps because uh, the truth is we all get old and pass on. You read the beginning of the book of Joshua and, it says, and God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. I believe it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. He's gone. Now it's time for you. See, God understands better than we do. We're going to die. Will I be here 10 years from now? I don't know. I'm, I'm here till God takes me out. Whether he moves me or takes me home or you all get mad and vote me out. Whatever. I'm here until then. I'm not going to leave because I decide to. Uh, maybe physically I have to retire. Some, I don't know. Whatever. I don't. I never want to retire. I really, if, I used to say of my father-in-law, when he retires, start planning the funeral. He worked until, well, he was still employed when he died at 80. Uh, he worked until about two weeks before that. He physically was, well, he was in the hospital. He couldn't work and ended up dying. He just, he was not one to sit around. And, and that's me. If I had to sit around I'm not against retirement for other people. I just don't want to do it. 
my wife knows it would drive, I would drive her nuts. <laughs> I really would. Um, on vacation, I'd drive her nuts because I can't sit around. It's like, just relax. I did that yesterday. I'm done. <laughs> I, one day of relaxing, that's all I can handle. I, I can't take any more than that. I got to do something. No, I, I'll do something fun. Let's go hiking. Let's go whatever. Uh, but I have to do something. I can't just sit there. She'll go and lay on the beach for four or five days and just bake in the sun. I'm like, whew, 10 minutes and I'm done with that. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. I got saved on the beach. I got engaged on the beach. There's nothing left to do there. Leave me alone. <laughs> I guess we should have got married there, but we didn't. Listen, people move on. And we need new people to step up. What about you? Many of you young men, I'm just going to tell you straight out. Young men, you figure out if you're young or not. I'm not going to go there. You're going to regret one day what you're doing. You're going to regret it. You're going to look back and say, oh, I wasted those years. Why didn't I walk with God? Why didn't I walk with God? I wasted those years. Uh, especially you young men with children. What are you doing? If you're not serving in the church, what are you thinking? Wasting your time with the things of this world, thinking it doesn't affect your children? It absolutely does. Many of you, you're going to look back and say, oh, why didn't I listen? Pastor Schneider told me, and I didn't listen. And we were just casual. We, did, we just went in, and yeah, we went. We were faithful, but we didn't get involved. We didn't serve. I didn't get my kids in there on Wednesday night. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, God, I'm sorry. What a mess I have now. Oh, I wish I could tell you how many men I've sat in front of just with tears. What, oh, why wouldn't I listen? Why didn't I do it? I put God on the back burner. You know, you're in your 20s and 30s, and you have so much energy, and it's go, 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 and it's going everywhere but where you ought to be. And a lot of times you just need to stop and get alone with God. I was a young Christian, and my, I didn't get saved until I was 21. And uh, I, I got into church and, and got going, but I was, I was young, and it was I'm playing golf and racquetball and tennis, and you know I'm working and going to church, but I'm, I'm playing and doing stuff all over, as young men do. And those things are not wrong, but it was the wrong priorities. And I had a car accident. I was rear-ended, bad. Two weeks in the hospital, in traction. The, for those of you who don't know, that's a Middle Eastern torture device <laughs> that, thank God, they don't do anymore. Literally, they'd lay me in bed and put a strap around my ankles with weights hanging over the bed to stretch me. I, I'm not exaggerating. Two weeks of that is torture. Uh, it really is a Mid-Eastern torture. It's like putting you on the rack. And they'd even put me on a machine and put one on my chest and on my waist and pull me to stretch out my back. They don't do anymore because it doesn't work and it really hurts. Um, 
But you know what it did? I had to stop all the extra stuff. I could go to work, and I could go to church, but racquetball, tennis, and golf couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So what did I do? I started reading my Bible and started praying, and God used it to turn me to him. He used it for my good. And I can look back and say, I thank God for that accident because God used it for my glory. Now, I must not have learned all the lessons because I had nothing. It got rear-ended again in 2020, and that's why I had back surgery last year. There's a target behind me somehow. <laughs> Do you know what? God uses things. I had to be slowed down back then. God will use things. Get the priorities right now. Now, whether you have kids or don't have kids yet, get the priorities right now. Serve God today. It matters. It will matter the rest of your life. Now, be careful because I, I do know some older men who will say, I had my kids in church. We were there every time the doors were open and they're still a mess. Remember Mary and Martha? Sometimes we're, we're too busy being Martha and forget to be Mary. Make sure your relationship with God is your highest priority. Your walk with God, especially for dads, but it's true of everybody, but especially dads, your walk with God will make the biggest difference in your home. Your, your personal walk with God, get it right. Let's look, that leads into the inward look. I'm kind of doing the backward look. The inward look, Philippians chapter 3 again in verse 10, says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, Either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. You know what Paul's saying? I haven't arrived. I, I haven't arrived. He tells us, you know, Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. He said, first of all, you better make sure you're saved. That's most important. Examine yourselves. Uh, last week, I, I preached to you from uh, uh, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, where David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Are you really willing to ask God to search you and show you? God, show me what's in my heart. Show me. Now, if God showed you everything, he'd probably kill you because there's so much junk in all of our hearts. Uh, but if you honestly pray that, God will show you something. And you start working on that and getting that right. And then he'll show you the next thing. And you can start working on that with him to get it right. Ask God to show you. Now, what Paul said in verse 10, can you really say that? 
that I may know him. Paul's saying, I want to know Jesus, and I want the power of his resurrection. Yeah, 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 resurrection, yeah. I want that. We all want that. And the fellowship of his suffering. No, I don't want that. I don't want suffering. That's the only way we really get right. That's the way we grow, suffering. He said, being made conformable unto his death. Paul said, I want to be like Jesus. I'm dead. Uh, he said elsewhere, I die daily. I spoke to you last week. Um, uh, daily. The things to do every day. Let God search you and show you anything that needs to be fixed. Anything that's not right. The inward look. Take a good look inside. If you look at yourself and you think it's all okay, you didn't look very well. Because we're all a mess. Now understand too, as, as you look inside and you start saying, oh, I, it's here and here and here and here and here. It's so bad. That's when you cry out to God and say, help. Lord, I need your help. I can't fix this, God. Exactly. You can't. He can. God, I need your help. That's what it's all about. Turning to God. Saying, God, I, I, I need you. Because we walk around in this world, and foolishly, we start thinking we're okay. Because you look at the world out there, and whew, it's wicked out there. Well, I'm pretty good. I, I might not be as good as so-and-so, but you know what? Compared to these people I work with, wow, I'm pretty good. When we start thinking we're pretty good, we're in trouble. The standard is not your coworkers or your wife or husband or anybody else. The standard is God. And we all fall short. And we should, we should be saying, God, make me more like you. We should be like the man Jesus talked about in prayer that he just said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said he went home justified. Humbly, God, I'm a mess. Help me. Just help me today to do what you want me to do. Help me today to not be selfish, to truly be dead, to yield to you. God, I need your help. He's ready to help. But when we think, I got this, that's not good. Uh, a man named Michael Hyatt, he's an author and, and uh, podcaster. He said, ask yourself these three questions. How do you want to be remembered? Well, that's a good question. Uh, we really should, and I know young people are less likely to do this, but it'd be good for if you did. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, when we have your funeral one day and your casket is laying here and we ask people to come up and, and say you know, whatever about this person. What do you want to be remembered for? He was a sorry old grouch. What do you want to be remembered for? What really matters? What is important to you? What's important? Oh, it's important to me that the commanders win the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen this year. I'm sorry, but uh, that's already over. Uh, 
I would say, well, what are you doing to make that happen? I, what I would really say is, you got the wrong priorities. Get them right. You might care about football. It's fine to care about football. But no, let's get down to what is really, really important. When you're laying in the hospital after a heart attack and they're about to do surgery and you don't know if you're going to live or die, you're not going to say, listen, the game's on. And when I come out, make sure you give me the score. What really matters. I would suggest, I, I never recommend New Year's resolutions, but I would recommend set some goals. Doesn't have to be a goal for the year. Set some goals, whether it's for the year or for six months from now or for next week. You know, in the next week, I'm going to do this. Set some goals for your day, for your week, for your month, for your year. Set goals. People who aim at nothing hit it every time. Set some goals. Look at what's important. What are you doing to get there? The third question he asked is, what simple, brave decision do you need to make today? Today. Oh, wait a minute. You know, the others are kind of obscure. What, do you need, what decision do you need to make today? Following God would be a good one. I'm going to set my eyes on God. Uh, let's look briefly, the forward look. Paul said in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Paul said, I haven't arrived. I think Paul was the greatest Christian who ever lived. Paul said, I haven't arrived, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, I know they were there, but I don't focus on behind. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remember your past. Remember where you came from, but don't dwell on it. And don't look back on it fondly. Remember Lot's wife? Didn't work out so well for her. She looked back to Sodom, to what she had, and God turned her into a pillar of salt. Demas, Paul, Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Remember the past because God brought me away from that. Chasing money and power and whatever it was, wine, women, and song, whatever you were chasing, God saved you from it. Don't get caught up in it. The parable of the sower the one who fell among thorns, it says, the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. James said that friend of the world is the enemy of God. John in 1 John 2.15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, you know what they do with racehorses? They put blinders on them. Why? So they can't see what's going on over here. All they can see is what's ahead. We need to be laser focused on Jesus. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm going after God just as hard as I can. And the wording used there is of wrestling. I want God and I'll fight anything that gets in my way so I can get to God. That's what he's saying. Don't let anything come between you and God. Look forward. Look to God and go for him.
for our church. Where are we going? What are we doing? It's 2024. Last year, uh, we started something new. We adopted a church in Trujillo, Peru, in the Moche district of Trujillo, Peru. Pastor Robert Marino. We're going to go see him in August. Actually, Pastor Chuck and I plan to go down in February so that we can set up a missions trip to go there. This is a new church that started. We're supporting them and helping them, and we're going to do whatever we need to see a new church started there. Our missions has has grown to about 60 missionaries that we support monthly at uh, not, I've, I've heard of churches, we have 200 missionaries, and they give them $5 a month. We give every missionary $125 a month. And we're supporting the church in Peru at about $1,000 a month. Pray for that church. Our, our church was originally started, the first man, he was looking at kids. These kids don't have a Sunday school. Started a Sunday school, and then later they started a church. Started with a heart for children. Let's make sure we have a heart for children. Children need to be reached. Children are facing horrible things. Horrible. I just read there's a school district in California. The district has developed teaching transgenderism to kindergarten. Kindergarten. It is a shame. It's horrible. It's wicked. That is wicked. You know, the, the bill in Florida that the media called it the don't say gay bill. All it said was you can't teach anything about sexuality before the fourth grade. Personally, I think the bill was pretty weak. You can't teach kindergarten, first, and second, third graders about sexuality. You know what? I wasn't taught it back then. Good grief, who in the world wants to teach this stuff to kids in kindergarten? That's sick. That's an attack of the devil. The devil hates kids. He wants to reach them as kids to corrupt them for life. We need to protect children. And we need to reach people while we can. Uh, Because there's coming a day, and I I believe, sadly, I I think it very well uh, could come to our country. If the Lord tarries, it will come to our country. Where outreach will be practically impossible. Uh, We have a group of people every Saturday that go and they're handing out tracts in different places. Whether it's store to door or Walmart parking lot, the Spanish market, different places, going and giving out tracks. You can go, we have track rack at each end of the building, grab tracks, give them out. They have the gospel. We can invite people to church. We can share Christ with them. We have an, the opportunity to do that now. Many places, you can't do that. Go to Iran and start passing out tracks. I'd be surprised if you get to 10. They'll kill you. Literally, you'll be arrested and most likely killed, beheaded, possibly even crucified. Yes, crucifixion is still a form of death in the Middle East. They still use it. 
ISIS was doing it a lot. Many Christians have been crucified in, in our lifetime. We just don't hear about it. The news doesn't cover that very much. There are many places where being a Christian could get you killed. We have an opportunity now. That door is closing. Because what are we called? I, when I say to teach transgenderism is wrong, I'm now labeled a bigot, transphobic. I'm not transphobic. I'm not scared of trans people. That's what transphobic means. I'm not homophobic. I'm not scared of homosexuals. I've had a lot of homosexual friends in my life. It's still sin. Amen. It's not the unpardonable sin. I, I've had a lot of friends in my life that slept together prior to marriage. You know, that's sin too. Right. I've had a lot of drunk friends in my life and in my family and in my person. It's sin. Just because you like the person who does it doesn't mean it's not sin. And when you say it's sin, doesn't mean you hate the person who's doing it. I don't hate people who sin, but I hate sin because God hates sin. And when we start lying to people and telling them their sin is not sin, that's not love. That's selfishness. You're, you're afraid they might call you out or you're afraid they might not like you. We need to get past that. Kids are literally being taught in many places today in our public schools, which means your tax dollars and my tax dollars are paying for this. Kids are taught, you know, you might think that you were born a boy, but you might have been born in the wrong body. You should try being a girl. Or you should not just sleep with girls. You should try sleeping with boys too. You might like it. They are encouraged to do this. That's wicked. It's an attack on God. That's all it is, is an attack on God. It's wrong. That's going on in our country. And we don't need to be afraid to say it's wrong. Well, they're going to say we're hateful. I'm not hateful. I don't hate anybody. But I'm not going to lie to you. Mental health issues are real. I, I believe a boy who thinks he's a girl or a girl who thinks she's a boy have a problem. And they need to be helped. Depression is real. I, I, I heard recently somebody said, that, someone said depression is a sign that you're not saved. That's ridiculous. No, depression's real. It, it, it's a real problem. Many people deal with that. Anxiety, mental health issues are just as real as uh, cholesterol and diabetes and different things. Just because you don't have it or don't understand it doesn't mean it's not real. It's real. And people need help. And they ought to get the proper help. Not told, well, you know, that's just the way that you are. Really? Well, that's diabetic. That's just the way that you are. We're not going to give you insulin or anything that fixes it. It's just the way that you are. They're going to die. 
You know what they're telling parents? Uh, the, if your child is, has, uh, what do they call it, gender dysphoria, they think they're the opposite gender. Don't discourage that or they may commit suicide. Because there is a high suicide rate with people with gender dysphoria. But when they transition to the opposite gender, the suicide rate doesn't go down. It goes up. So parents are being told, don't discourage your child. They might commit suicide. If you don't discourage them, they're more likely to commit suicide. This is the word of God. It says, male and female created he them. I'm not trying to attack anybody. People who think they're something else, let's get them in the word of God. The Bible says, when you're saved, you are accepted in the beloved. We've got young people doing this to get accepted. They're changing their gender to be accepted. Because when you change your gender, you're a hero. You're immediately made a hero in society. What is wrong with our society? Let's get people the help that they need. What's going on behind that? What's wrong? People need help. Listen, it's hard to be a teenager today. It is hard. Most, half of the kids in this country or more come from broken homes. As I do, I know the heartache of that. The world's a mess. If they watch any of the news, they have no hope. Because it's so depressing. If you listen to the news, we're all going to die in the next five years. It's is a horrible time to be a young person today. They need those of us who are older to stand with them and say, look, I love you. I love you just like you are. God made you a boy or a girl. And listen, what young person doesn't want to change the way they were? I wanted to be athletic and I wanted to be taller and I wanted to be more popular. And I wanted, you know, every kid wants to be the star quarterback and the homecoming king and the girls want to be the the head cheerleader or the or the best female athlete and they want to be the homecoming queen and you know what most of us weren't right most of us were not in who's who we were in who's not people when you learn to accept yourself there's so much freedom in that if I could have asked God before I was born, I would have asked him to do a few things differently. But he didn't give me that option. So now I accept who I am. And it's okay. I don't always like who I am. That's okay too. You don't have to like it. But learn to accept yourself. God made you who you are. Go with it. And he did it because he wants you and God accepts you. Accept yourself. Learn to accept yourself. We need to help young people to accept themselves. Love them. Oh, they need love and security. Acceptance. Everybody needs that. Church, we need to be be going forward saying, look, you're okay. I love you like you are. You don't have to be someone different. We move forth in love. I need to move on. My time's running out here.
do you have a place of service? We need you. Are you serving in the church? You're a member, great. If you're not a member, why not? Come on in. We'd love to have you. And if you're a member, where are you serving? I want to challenge our life group leaders. Work on getting everybody in your life group serving somewhere. I say, oh, good. I'm not in a life group. I'm off the hook. Why aren't you in a life group? Get in one. We have life groups for some people in more than one. We have them for men, for women. We have them that meet Sunday morning. We have them that meet different times throughout the week, Sunday night, Thursday night, different times. There's a place for you. There is. There's a place for you, and we need you. So I challenge you, get involved. Now let's look. I'm going I'm to close with the last one, verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm pressing on. But he said, you know what? I'm pressing on. That's the forward look. But I'm looking up. It's the high calling of God. The upward look is more important than everything else. Jeremiah 29, 13, God said, You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. You can find God if you look for him. He's not hiding. He just wants us to go after him. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 11 talks about all these great men and women of faith. We call it the faith hall of fame in Hebrews 11. And then in verse 12 it says, Wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all these people that have gone before us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Put the sin down. Get it behind us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. As I said, the racehorse with the blinders on. Look at Jesus and go toward him. Make 2024 the best year of your life because it's the year you most sought God. The year you went after God with all your heart. You will never regret going after God. What kind of year are you going to have? Are you going to be closer to God? Are you going to read your Bible more? Are you going to pray more? Are you going to get your kids in church and teach them how to serve? What are you going to do? To make this the greatest year of your life. What are you going to do to help Fellowship Baptist Church be everything that God wants us to be? Because that can only happen when everybody gets in and does what God calls us to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You've been good to us. You've been so good to us. You've blessed this church for 82 years. God... Most in here are saved, and oh, we can sure say you've been good to us. You saved me from the wicked mess that I was. God, anyone here that's not saved, draw them to Jesus today. And God, we look forward to the future wanting to be everything you want us to be. Help us to look to you and to press on in an evil and dark day. 
Your word says redeeming the time because the days are evil. It is an evil day. People need Jesus. Oh, how they need Jesus. Help us to love people, to point them to Christ as Jesus loved. Now, God, bless this invitation. Have your will and your way in it. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. If you are not sure if you're saved, oh, won't you come down? Let one of these men open the Word of God and show you how you can know that you have eternal life. Uh, we have ladies ready to help ladies. If, if you need to be saved, that's the most important thing. If you know this is where God wants you to be a church member, come see Pastor Chuck right here in the middle. If you know, hey, I I'm really have not been doing what I ought to do, then I want you to come down to an old-fashioned altar and kneel down and say, God, forgive me. Help me to do what you want me to do in 2024. You say, I can do that right here in my seat. You can, but you probably won't. You come down and kneel at an altar and make it real. Come before God. If God's calling you to come down, don't, don't start the year going against God. If you feel that tug in your heart, that's not the devil telling you to come. That's the Holy Spirit. Come down. Whatever the need is, come now as we sing. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory is Jesus Christ is in me. If you're not saved, you don't have that hope. There's no hope of glory. There's only hope of hell unless you repent and get saved. Oh, God has been good to us, has he not? We're going to go downstairs and eat. We invite everybody to join us. There's plenty of food. Come on down. We're going to have a, the Spanish ministry is joining us. Maybe Pastor Minor preached shorter. Usually I preach shorter than him, but maybe not today. So they might have eaten everything first. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's go down and celebrate 82 years. That's great. Hats off to the past, coats on to the future. We got a lot of work to do. Amen. Pastor Chuck, give us directions and then we'll go downstairs right well we uh have them getting the food ready right now so 
we're going to pray and bless the food, and you just go straight down, first one in line, get a plate, start scooping. Remember, I'm coming behind you. Leave something for me. Um, also, we have some beautiful centerpieces that uh, Stacy bought, and she's going to be reusing them. They're connected with these beautiful helium balloons. Uh, we'll give you those balloons at the end, uh, teenagers, kids, whoever. But let us uh, get those off. Um, don't just take them because the centerpieces, we don't want to get those messed up. But thank you all for being here. And uh, isn't it nice to have a meal together? Family, church family and friends. I would like, if there's any uh, available deacons, I uh, want to meet with you real quick. We just want to pray over somebody. If any of you are available, see me real quick. And we're going to pray over somebody before we come down and go get some of the food. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll bless the food. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for letting me be a part of this family. Lord, it's been good. It's been good to be here. And I have so many memories. My kids have all grown up in this church. Um, and there's so many new people. It's just neat to be a part of. And Lord, there's so many people hurting. Uh, I know we have, norm we have hurts, all of us do. There's so many people out there that are trying to go through it alone, without a family. Lord, help us to uh, have just a wonderful year of bringing more members, more people to you, have more fruit than we've ever had before. And Lord, we thank you for all the food that was brought today and prepared for those that have you know, got it down there and got everything looking wonderful and beautiful. I pray that you'd bless it to our bodies. Give us just a great fellowship time down there and safety as we travel home and help us to work together to get it cleaned up and uh, just togetherness, Lord. We love you. We praise you for all that. We thank you for everything. You saved us. You made a way for us. Thank you. Help us to show you our love daily. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.